0: Welcome to Bible Breath, where we dig into the Word of God to catch our breath for whatever's coming next. Today, we're going to dig a bit more deeply into a Bible buzzword that we shared in the previous lesson, and that Bible buzzword is means of grace. You may recall that this is the way we defined means of grace. Means of grace is the ways by which the Holy Spirit applies God's universal grace to our individual souls. One of the more famous days on which the Holy Spirit did that is a day that is known as the Day of Pentecost. You may be familiar with the day of Pentecost. You can read all about it in the Bible in the book of Acts, in chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, we, uh, we see the disciples all gathering together 50 days after Easter Sunday, or 10 days after Jesus ascended back into heaven. The disciples are in Jerusalem all together because they are celebrating an Old Testament festival known as the Feast of Weeks. And we are told that while they were gathering there together, a couple of interesting things happened. Firstly, There was a sound like the blowing of a violent wind suddenly got their attention. And then after the sound of the violent wind, flames or tongues of fire started resting on everybody's heads. And then it says that filled with the Holy Spirit, the disciples began to speak in other tongues, which means they were speaking in other languages, languages that they did not previously know. And so a lot of amazing things were taking place. And at the end of the section, we're told that on that day, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 new individuals were added to the number of believers in the church. Pretty amazing. 3,000 new believers on one single day. And a lot of people think, well, that's amazing. If God would just do the same exact things, if he would amaze people with the sound of a violent wind and the flames of fire and the speaking in tongues, then more people might be amazed by God and impressed by all the great things that he can do. And they might believe in him because of those amazing things. But I'm going to pause there. Although it would be good to have 3,000 new believers today and then tomorrow and then the next day, we have to pay careful attention to how that exactly happened on the day of Pentecost. Remember a Bible buzzword that we had in a previous lesson was the word context, which is the thoughts, words, and circumstances surrounding the passage you are studying. And it's important on the day of Pentecost to take a look at the full context of what was going on here so that we understand how those 3,000 individuals suddenly became believers. It wasn't because of all the amazing things. It was because of something else that took place. When we look at the context, we're also told that after the sound of the violent wind, after the tongues of fire, and after the Holy Spirit enabled the disciples to start speaking in other languages that they did not previously know, it tells us about the crowd's reaction. It says that they were bewildered, they were amazed, and they were perplexed. So they had had questions about it. In fact, we're told that they started asking the question, well, what does this mean? They didn't understand it at all. And then they even accused the disciples of being drunk, of having too much wine to drink, so they were acting all, all crazy. That doesn't sound like people who were on the same team as the disciples or ready to engage with the disciples in good, meaningful discussion about what it was that they believed or about, about Jesus. But, but no one was at peace.
1: No one at that point believed until after something else happened. Until after the apostle Peter, who was there with the group,
0: he got up and he started speaking. And he made a speech. And in his speech, he'd he did a couple of things. Firstly, he, he quoted the Bible. Particularly, he quoted the book of Joel. And then he used that as an opportunity to then tell them about Jesus, who he was and what he did. And then he pointed out to them, he said, you are the ones who put him to death by nailing him on a cross. And then he quoted the Bible again. He quoted the book of Psalms. And then he used that as an opportunity to point out Jesus' power over death, that Jesus was raised from the dead. And then he said, he said, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And then we're told that when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and they asked, what should we do? So at that point, they weren't feeling that Jesus loved them and they didn't love Jesus. They were feeling guilty about what they had done. And this is what Peter said. He said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And then, the Bible tells us, and only then, about 3,000 were added to their number that day, after the Apostle Peter preached to them,
1: shared with them, the law and the gospel. The law what God expects us to do and not do,
0: and the gospel, the good news about everything that Jesus did to forgive us. You know, we, uh, in the last lesson, we talked about, you know, we asked the question, what means does the Holy Spirit use to bring us to faith and to sanctify us? And one of the means was exactly what the Apostle Peter shared that day. You know, John 17, verse 17, you know, sanctify them by the truth, Jesus said. Your word is truth. He uses the truth of the word of God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through the gospel. You know, Jesus works. Uh, the Holy Spirit works faith through the sharing of the gospel of Jesus. That is, what, that is a means of grace. By hearing the good news of Jesus, the Holy Spirit applies God's universal grace to individual souls, just like he did on the day of Pentecost. But you may have noticed that Peter mentioned something else in his speech. He didn't just share the word of God with them. He mentioned something else that you might consider a means of grace, or at least that the Bible considers to be a means of grace. He said, repent and, remember?
1: Be baptized. Every one of you. And why did he say that? Why did he tell them to be
0: baptized? (laughs) because Jesus told him to. On a day before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gathered with all of his disciples and in Matthew 28, we um, were told that Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Then he gave a wonderful promise and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus commanded his disciples to both teach and baptize. And notice, That's something else Peter said in his speech related to baptism. There was a promise connected with the act of baptizing. He said, Repent and
1: be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Peter was telling them that those who are baptized are forgiven. How that happens, what it means, And who that promise is for, and who baptism is for, is what we're going to cover in the next lesson. But until then, I'd like to take you back to
0: Acts chapter 2, to the end of the chapter, where we get to see what the church looked like. Starting at verse 42, if you read that chapter, it says this. It says, they, the early church, the members of the early church, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Notice some of the descriptive words that uh, that kind of paint the scene of what life was like in the early church. Glad,
1: sincere hearts, joy, praise. That's a pretty good group to be a part of. It's the kind of place that we'd like to
0: spend a lot of time in. <laughs> that's dominated by those characteristics, joy and praise and glad things happening. Aw, awesome. And how did that take place? Well, they regularly gathered around the teachings of God's word.
1: They were with other Christians and at the same time with the word of God. And that did something amazing and awesome. Look for opportunities to find that. Look for opportunities to do that. If you're looking for joy, if you're looking for something awesome, if you're looking to see the work of God in your own heart, in the hearts of people you love, open up the word of God and let the Holy Spirit go to work. We'll see you next time when we dig a bit more deeply into the baptism that Peter talked about on the day of Pentecost.